What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When Swift is on the grill, good times are sure to follow. And we'll help you keep them going around the grill all season long. Good food, good moments, one great meal. Come together with Swift. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Good day to you, my listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. How are you today? Let me clear my throat. It's a song from uh, the 80s. I'm bringing it back, yeah. So welcome. It's a beautiful day once again. We are warm down here. It's in the upper 70s. And um, there is a lot of things going. We got this beginning of spring. Started preparing for a lot of college students, pseudo-college students. I say pseudo-college students because there's always a group of people that hang on, uh, the hangers-on during spring break. People that thought it was a good idea to go to college, but they never just got around to it. Or people that went to college and stay. And hence, without them, we wouldn't have had the series of videotapes or now disc, video disc called uh, Girls Gone Wild. So... Without them. And without the girls, right? And usually those girls aren't college girls either. They're usually girls uh, that work at adult entertainment establishments. I'm going to lump them together. The people who make the video and the people that are in the video. So I'm not calling one worse than the other. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it if you consider ruining your reputation. Which I've done a lot. (laughs) And that's what Spring Break's all about, right? Nowadays it's so much tougher so much tougher for these kids. Now, I'm not even getting to the pandemic right now, the coronavirus. There is so much more they have to be concerned with, just like the people that used to go to adult entertainment establishments back in the 80s. You didn't have to worry about video showing up. You had to have pretty, I guess, visually, you'd be able to pick up the camera, the the video camera of people and they're not posting it in the nineties. You know, you didn't worry about necessarily worry about the internet as much. It wasn't only in the two thousands that people people's presence on the internet was ubiquitous. I almost said the word right, but meaning that everyone was on everyone's on nowadays. Relatively few people were on the in the early nineties. And 
just like spring break, you'd have to snap a camera and stuff like that. If you were fucked up enough that you didn't notice the camera, then you were probably pretty much screwed. But then the photograph was disseminated by hand. So the worst thing I had in my fraternity house when I was in college back in the 80s was someone posting a picture, putting a picture on a billboard, and you could just take it down. You could find a person. You could track them down and get the negatives if you have to. But unfortunately, I didn't have it. I did, they did post a negative. Someone posted a negative that said it was me on spring break, and they took a, uh, I think it was a picture out of a, a magazine with a guy with a big, uh, one of those hop-along uh balls, those bounce hop balls, and he had it tied to his dick. And he said, oh, this looks like Jim. That's what he did on Spring Drake. So, um, that, so a false picture nowadays, you can Photoshop it and stuff like that and put it on for everyone. So, I guess it's easier to deny and say, yeah, that wasn't me. But when you have a videotape and you have the people around and people see the people around that they associate with, they have a tendency to believe that. That's what makes it so tough, people behaving it. Remember last year? It was only a year ago. And right around this time, March, spring break hitting, and the coronavirus started spreading. And then you had this one guy, he was drinking, he goes, oh, I'm doing what I got to do, blah, 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 whatever fucking bullshit he said. And said. And it's, it's youth, you know? I can't imagine. I I can imagine, but I don't remember the strength of my the hormones, of the depth of wisdom I had. I didn't. Have, I had shallow wisdom at that time. That I wouldn't realize that you know just being walked up with a a cell phone camera or or a TV camera that you just speak your mind and say something that would. And I, you know, I have tons of things that shit I say on the podcast. I try to try to be somewhat magnanimous, uh, uh, you know, understanding, big-hearted. But sometimes people, when they're obviously when you have diminished capacity, and they have diminished capacity, they come down here part of spring break. When you head down here, uh, there's a small group. Maybe they do go come down and don't drink, but a lot of them, it's it's around drinking and socializing with. The uh, opposite sex or same sex, you know, whatever floats your boat. I don't really have, but that's that was spring break. That's what it meant to me when I was in college. You're trying to associate as much with the other uh, sex as much as you want, and that'll get. We have a uh, a message from a listener in Denver that I'm going to address, uh, Lionel. Lionel, that's an old old school name. So. We'll get to that. But we're also, besides it being spring break, and we'll talk more about it when I see more people down here. You know, people say, oh, poor, poor kids, they have to get through, go through this this year. Well, every so often people have to go through that. They're, we're very fortunate to live in this time in history. I'm talking the last hundred years. I mean, except for the wars. There was some fucking big wars going on in a lot of destructive weapons. And people seem to be really upset. They go, say, oh, the poor kids. You know, they don't get to sleep there. Wow, that shit for spring break. Well, World War II, 
you didn't hear a lot of people say, oh, poor kids, they're going to have to, these poor guys, they're going to have to go and serve in the military. They're getting drafted and they made that. You know, they, it was World War, so people didn't just, they just said, oh, poor me. And they were sending kids over and stuff like that. So now it's the coronavirus, so everyone is affected by it, some more so than others, but everyone is affected somewhat. The... Uh, Maybe the people don't don't aren't that much at risk, don't seem to carry that concern. And the people that are at risk, the elderly and people with preconditions, you know, previous conditions or conditions that would make them susceptible to uh, coronavirus, that they their concern levels are different. And I wanted to talk about that. When concerning Lent. And Lent is primarily, even though I know other, the Baptists and other people do, uh, the Muslims do Ramadan and all this shit where, um, I'm saying Lent, meaning all the shit, I'm meaning all religions, have these periods where they kind of eschew the earthly pleasures. So Lent, beginning for Catholics around Ash Wednesday, which was a week ago from today. And it goes approximately 40 days, 42 days, six weeks, six and a half weeks, 40, what do you know? Yeah, yeah, Wednesday to that, 40 days. And till Easter, there's a lot of times, I, I, I just never got a satisfactory explanation on what, why you would not eat meat on Fridays. I never really understood that because when I was a kid, I loved, absolutely loved lobster and loved flounder, shrimp, fried shrimp, fried clams. They used to have a restaurant called the Howard Johnson's on Wednesday night. They had the unlimited, the all-you-can-eat fried clams. I used to love that. How is that a sacrifice? Me eating seafood, fried fish, fish sticks. I love fish sticks. Macaroni and cheese. They do, uh, with the school's, they would do these, right? they called them rice bowl dinners. And instead of having the protein or anything like that, you'd have macaroni cheese or something like that, baked macaroni cheese at home. And you put the difference of what you would have spent, like $5 in the rice bowl and you save it and you send it to Catholic charities or something like that. Well, how is it a sacrifice? Instead of eating cake, I'm going to eat ice cream. When you want it, lobster. You go after Thermidor. I mean, the idea of sacrifice is more of a, I think fasting probably would be something, eschewing other pleasures, eschewing pleasures you don't. Now, if you absolutely love meat, and that's the only thing you eat, then yeah, that's a sacrifice. And it's funny how people would do that. I remember having friends that drank, it's, it was apparent on the surface that they drank as much as I did. And during Lent, they said, I'm not going to drink until Easter, obviously. And they go, but obviously on St. Patrick's Day, which became before Easter, I'm going to drink on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> you know, obviously, because you got to go. And I'll go, oh, yeah, I'm sure God understands that they're your patron saint of Ireland, you know, the day that you can go back. Right? And why do people give up sweets 
And why, you know, why they, you hardly ever saw anybody, and now every so often they, they would do it because they had to with smoking. But smoking, you never see, well, hey, why don't you just quit smoking? It was good if you're going to give something up, there's something. Because the Catholic Church had a big, big pro, uh, pro ambition against suicide. And doing so, something that was harmful for your health is, by extension, maybe extended suicide. So why not do that? Neither. I drank and smoked during Lent. I never proposed to give anything up. Nowadays, it's I'm thinking about doing something I normally, like I try to watch my temper. I try to do this. I try to do that. Maybe eat more vegetables. I I have to stop eating sugars because I have a propensity to have high blood uh, sugar. So I don't want to develop a problem with that. That isn't much of a sacrifice. Sacrificing is something that I think it's something you don't necessarily have to give up. It's not harmful to you. Because you give up something that's harmful, for you, you're getting a benefit. It's like, I'm going to stop spending money at the bookies and I'm going to invest it in cryptocurrency. You actually have a shot at making money with the cryptocurrency. Usually betting people have problems and they end up having serious financial problems with that. So you're not sacrificing really. You're benefiting. So any sacrifice that ends up with a benefit at the end is not much of a sacrifice. And by extension, if you call yourself an adherent, once again, to Jesus Christ, and you think maybe a good Lenten sacrifice would be you to stop bitching, if you're that kind of person, about wearing a mask when you're in public. And acknowledge that you don't want to necessarily spread the coronavirus, right? People, I always hear people say, well, if you're really concerned, you wear a mask. What if you're the one doing the spreading? It's like, if you're really concerned about being shot, you should wear body armor, right? If you're that concerned about guns, people getting shot, you just put your person, put your whole person in body armor. No, no. Just, you know, you're to, you don't shoot them. That's what you're, I'm making the metaphor. You're the shooter when it comes to coronavirus. You're the spreader. You're the one doing the harm. So why don't you make that sacrifice? If it's that hard, shut the fuck up. Put on a mask when you're in public. When you sit down and eat, I understand, and drink. You want to take your mask off. There's people that are militantly angry about it. And a lot of times, they, you know, some of them are Christian nationalists. I always had a, an issue with Christian nationalists. How do you pick someone? It's like having a... I, let's, let's pick someone who was, let's say, really good. Really, really good. How about... Um, God, a racist mouse, right? You do that. A cartoon character who generally is pleasant, loves everyone, loves the kids and stuff like that. But you're you're 
you're picking some quality that didn't exist. Like Jesus wasn't a racist. He wasn't a nationalist. He wasn't a gun nut. It was all about peace, love, acceptance. He didn't pick out one particular group. Even the ones when he did make a point, like the money changers in in the temple. I, when he flipped over the tables, he didn't necessarily hate them. Some of them became tax collectors, became apostles and things. He didn't hate them. He just didn't like them doing that in their place of worship. Right? And he probably wouldn't be too keen on politicking inside a place of worship too. So if you're all gung-ho on life and life begins at conception, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, you should maybe try to extend that understanding to, let's say, people who, children who are caught at the border and you're not put them in the, in the cages. You care about life at conception, care about it after conception. Take care of them. Doesn't really matter where they're from, right? They're children. And we don't hold children culpable for the sins of their parents, do we? I mean, I guess they do do that in Christianity. Did for Adam and Eve. You know, they did something, so we're fucked. You know, my parent my parent did something bad, so you're, you're going to punish me? I never really understand that, the original sin. Right? You bit... And it's funny, Christian nationalists are probably also, a lot of times, they poo-poo slavery. Right? And they say, well, it happened so long ago. We didn't have anything to do with it. Blah, 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 blah. But they still believe in original sin, the sins of the Father. And you always have to atone for that, right? You always have to atone. You got to accept Jesus. Got to do this. Got to do that. Because original sin, you got to be baptized again. Right? You got to be baptized, rebirth, because of what our original progenitors, Adam and Eve, did. And that was for them, I guess, maybe 6,000 years ago, sometimes some of them think. But then why shouldn't we have to address something that happened 160 years ago? So, yeah, there's all sorts of incongruity when it comes to the hypocrisies of these things. And I've, I've if you're going to be moral, be morally, what would you call it, consistent. It's moral consistency. And we'll get about more. That's about it off my soap, soapbox. I want to get the Lionel. Lionel. What, a, what an old school name from Denver. Thanks for sending the message. Right? Well... Lionel asked the question, and I'm going to paraphrase the first question because what he did ask was something, what can I do to attract the eyes of local females in my watering hole? How can, okay, what he re- actually said, what's the best way to get laid, meet a woman and get laid at the bar? So you're asking me to give advice, use my superpowers for evil. First of all, let's just assume I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, Lionel, but I'm going to paraphrase it. You just don't go out and get laid. You now, if you're lucky and somebody of the opposite sex is interested in the same thing you're interested at the same time, and you get 
confirmation of that through a positive affirmation. I mean, yes, let's go, you know, let's go and fuck, right? That happens sometimes. It happens during a happy hour where you have enough time to go home and show off your loft apartment in Philadelphia and then finish whatever you're doing with the young lady and make it back for the rest of happy hour. Yeah, it happens on, on, on rare occasions. Okay? And that's when you get mutual consent. Obviously, when I say mutual consent, you're already, you're the person that's interested first. You got to find out how interested that other person is. So we're going to forego that you're going to go through all those steps at the end, meaning you're going to ask, hey, do you want to do this? And the person doesn't have diminished capacity and you're not doing anything that's pressuring them. So that being said, here's my advice. A lot of times what I see, and this is as a bartender, is that people go out and they don't stand out. They're in a group of people and they all look amalgus, meaning they all look the same. It's a group of guys. They could be all wearing baseball caps. It was a big thing in Philly. You know what I mean? If you've seen guys hanging together, you got Mookie, some Mookie guys wearing baseball caps backwards. Um, Dress kind of nice, but they got the baseball caps. Kind of takes it around. They got the nice uh, uh, sneakers on. And then you got other guys that look like they just left work, and they're they work a you know pretty rough job because they're handy. They're kind of smelly and all that stuff. They do that on the way. You know, they stop on the way home, and you got the group of guys like that. And then you got some uh, people more business like, and they're all dressed up. They're still from business. When I'm saying they're business casual, shirt and tie, maybe shirt, no tie, definitely have the pants, got to have the fucking pants. Not necessarily down here. It's not an absolute given that someone's not going to wear pants. But when you look like that group, it's almost like a camouflage. And you see a group of guys and like some of the guys aren't behaving that well or they're obnoxious. That's an instant turnoff and you're instantly associated with those people. You're instantly associated with those people. And you're associated somewhat with those people, even if you're not dressed like them. But a lot of times, I always say, there's nothing wrong with just getting a quick shower, getting changed. Now, a lot of people that commute, they go right from the work where they are and they, you know, before they go home. There's not much you can do if you want to change up. And if you go to the same place all the time, that's a big no. Don't be a fixture in a place you want to meet someone. Now, on rare occasions, if you're a fixture, you could be a great guy and you never screw up. But a lot of times, I don't see people that are fixtures in places really hooking up with a lot of different people. Unless they're exceptional. And if you're staying in one place and not move around, you're probably not exceptional. If you're exceptional, you, you'd probably be more mobile. When I say exceptional, you know, you go, pe- you go places, you know more people, you, you, get, you will get to know more people. So try not to do most of your work in the same place, but it's also good to know people know people that know you, meaning you can get references, meaning references people to say, well, he's not just some stranger. You don't want some crazy Ted Bundy character lurking off in the distance just because he's sharp looking. But stand out, separate yourself from the group in the best possible light. 
Don't be the one screaming. Don't be the dirtiest. Don't be that. Maybe have a little shower. Smell. Put some smell good on. Um, you know, clean, clean clothes. You don't. I'm not asking you to dress up like you're going to the coronation. I said at coronation, not wearing a uh, top hat and tails. Even though that will make you stand out, but not necessarily. Girls don't go. Ooh, the guy looks like Mister Fucking Mister Peanut. I actually love Mr. Peanut. No. He's, he's not Mr. Peanut, and he's not going to get laid that night. Or meet somebody. But clean up. On a side note, though, I used to hang out. I used to wear at late at night. When I lived in Philadelphia, I worked at a catering hall. And I was a catering manager and a maitre d'. And a lot of times, after the end of a long day on Saturdays and shit like that, I didn't feel like stopping, changing, and going back out. So I would be wearing tuxedo, a tuxedo uh, pants and a shirt and sometimes a jacket. I don't, rarely had my tie left on because I didn't want to go out. You don't want to get have a tie on when you go to a late-night place dressed too nice because that's just perfect for someone choking you. I know, it's Philadelphia. <laughs> but they knew a lot of places I went to. They knew we rarely went to places that they didn't know who we were, the group of us. There was maybe 30 people working at the place, and we'd get like 15 people to go with us, and we'd all be wearing black and whites, right? And if you're the only person in a tuxedo, they think, well, what are you, in a wedding party and this and that? But if you see a group of us, they kind of figure out you're coming from a place of work, and they knew, they knew us. And that kind of worked because the girls would be looking around. You'd be, I'd be standing out, even though I smelled. Sometimes I smelled like smoke. You could smoke inside then, or you know, had a whole beer poured down in front of me, not by accident, not not on purpose. I mean, may just spilled a beer. So that kind of standing out kind of works because I'm supposed to be in the outfit, but if I purposely wear that, you know, and and that obviously. That rule applies on Halloween and St. Patrick's Day and stuff like that. If you were, hence, if you go out and you're painted all in green body paint and no one else is, you may not get laid that night or meet anybody that night. But if you do it on St. Patrick's Day, that is not necessarily a deal breaker. Number two, don't get loud and sloppy and obnoxious. There's a big thing right there. Loud, sloppy, and obnoxious. I mean, in rare occasions, once again, you might meet someone that's like you, loud, sloppy, and obnoxious. That's what you're going to end up with. And then when you sober up, that person just loud, sloppy, and obnoxious anyway. So you don't really know. So good rule of thumb is being as sharp as you can so you can pick and choose who you're going to run into and be, you know, being pleasant. Convival, charming, funny, all those things. You know, they help. It really does help. That's what people, most people want. So I, I mentioned don't be a fixture at the bar. You don't want to do that. And number four, if you really want to increase your thing, be the bartender. Because the bartender is the focal point. Now, it's wasted on me because I'm in a relationship. And plus, I'm getting older. And in my 30s, it was just, 
you didn't have to really try that hard because you'd always get like at least two or three at a decent decent night, two or three acceptable offers. And you discreet because you don't want to be no, I mean, I got, I think I had quite the reputation. I was, uh, some people call me Jimbo the Bimbo, right? And that's not necessarily a great thing. But then again, I was acting like a bimbo. And I'm not sexist. I can't just call girls bimbos because guys can be bimbos. And there's really, I, I'm saying there is a double standard. There shouldn't be a double standard. So Lionel, if you you try try your best at trying to be your best self when you go out. If you can't do that, you're going to end up getting the same thing day in and day out. Okay, and there's another word of advice I have coming up. Someone asked me uh, a question. I want to take a girl out. I don't want to say this guy's name because he's in a place in Alaska and he's probably the only listener in that town. So if I said that, there's a couple towns we got listeners. I'll just let, leave. He says, if I go to a bar with someone I like, he said someone. He didn't say girl. So, and I ask the bartender how much the McAllen 24 is. The person I'm with says it makes me sound cheap. And I understand that, you know, people don't have unlimited deep pockets. But I find it interesting that some people have very refined taste. You know, refined champagne taste, but they have a beer budget. So if you're looking at something as rare as McAllen 24, not McAllen 12. I mean, McAllen 12 is going to be a lot, too. Right? You you don't want to be spending thirty, forty, forty dollars, fifty dollars for a poor. You know, if that's your concern, you're looking for a place that's gonna have McAllen twenty four for eight bucks, you're not gonna find it. I mean, you're gonna find a friend who's who's wealthy or something like that. Well, my answer to you is order Johnny Red or the rail scotch like Clan McGregor. That's more your speed. And build a thing around and say, hey, listen, scotch is scotch. I just have a taste for it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it could be just as charming saying that. You drinking, you spending, uh, say, on one side, you not having the money and having three drinks of McAllen 24 and spending 120 hopefully spending, if it's 40 bucks a piece, that's a pretty good price, actually. And hopefully he's tipping 25 to 30 bucks for a week. And that that's just, unless that's a tiny percentage of your income, that is not smart. And people will see through that. And if you actually get in a relationship with someone and you're always eating out at McDonald's and you want you don't go to Brugge's even, it's because you drink three glasses of McAllen 24 every night. There's your dinner money. So fucking, it's Johnny Red for you or Clan McGregor. Well, like I said, it is spring break is just beginning. 
we're hoping that everything works out down here. People are preparing. And I know the, the kids will be getting excited. I, get, I imagine they'll start be they'll be starting to come down. I worked yesterday. I didn't see them. I'm not in work yesterday. I worked on Monday. And I'm working tonight. So if they're here this week, I'll start seeing them. I imagine next week and a week after, we're going to start seeing them come down because Miami, Fort Lauderdale, they'll, they'll get inundated and then they'll start cracking down, maybe. I, uh, I hope everyone is well. Everyone's well-behaved. I know it's hard. Man, the fucking guy said he wants, wants us to be well-behaved. It sounds like it's not a good time. You know, you can have a good time being well-behaved. You can. When I say well-behaved, when you're with the people and you're associating with other people and you're not insulting them, you're having a good time, you can do almost, if, as long as it's agreed upon, the things that you're doing and you're not affecting other people being obnoxious. You could do a lot of things being well-behaved. There's sex. If it's mutual consent, that's well-behaved. Well-behaved doesn't mean you have to be chased. It doesn't mean you don't have to drink. It doesn't mean you don't drunk. You don't insult anybody. You don't make untoward advances to someone who doesn't want them. Don't expose yourself. Don't wreck the bathroom when you're in it. Don't puke. Keep your top on. Unless it's required to have it taken off, right? It's wet t-shirt contests. And I'm sure maybe this year it'll get a little crazy with those things because people get kind of bacchanal. When I say bacchanal, like that uh, Greek celebration of you know wine and sex and everything. When things are bad, like when you know, people just throw their kind of moral compunction out the windows. Now, I'm not saying it's moral. I mean, nudity is nudity. It's no big deal. But got to be careful where you do it. You don't want to do that around the kids. Right? I had to tell some people uh, last week that came in a bar, they were playing uh, the song. Uh, it was a rap song. From the window to the wall, to the sweat runs down my balls. At a nightclub, no big deal. In a place like CJ. But at a catch restaurant where there's a 10-year-old, 9-year-old sitting at a table, even in a bar area, that's a no-go. Choose your choose your songs correctly, especially with those things. There's just I had to shut them down and I had to explain to them. It's nothing like explaining to someone in their late 40s how, you know, even though that's a fun song, it's not appropriate for everyone. And when I say not appropriate, you know, some people say, I care for my kids. Well, it's someone else's kids. That's what you got to do. Now, if you bring your kids into a bar room, though, that being said, don't be surprised if some, there's some booby flashing and people talking about their dicks. Okay? So don't get all high and mighty. You just don't have to go, you know, Hell over heels, head over heels in, in the disgusting behavior when there's kids around. But then again, if you bring your kid around a bar, don't be surprised. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for the email, Lionel. 
thank you for the email from Alaska. I'm sorry, but I had to tell you tell to you straight about the McAllen 24. If you're asking, if you're just asking because you're pricing out McAllen 24 and you're you just want to buy stock in the company, then yeah, that makes sense. But um, if you like the show, please share it with your friends and family. And if you have any requests for questions, I'll keep your uh, I'll keep your identity right in there. You don't want to be mentioned. You don't want your name to be mentioned. I promise I won't put it in there. You can send it as personal as you want. Send a ridiculous one if you want. But uh, I'm going to try to make be serious about it, making the assumption that it could be a real request. Thank you much. Uh, thank you every. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. And we'll be back. I think I'll be back tomorrow. I, I always try to be back tomorrow. Talk to you later. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.